Steve Addison for the Movement Podcast. Podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're going to hear from Jimmy Scroggins, lead pastor at Family Church, West Palm Beach. Listen for how Jimmy, as a local pastor, leads by example and casts vision for church planting. My name is Jimmy Stoddard, and we're pastor here at Family Church, and I'm glad all of you guys have joined us tonight for our training, and I think it's going to be something that's really significant in all of our lives. I know we're not the only church represented here, but all the churches connected with Family Church, and honestly, all of the leaders that are here with Family Church, I just want you to know, um, we just believe that what's going to happen in this room today and tomorrow, what's going to happen on this property today and tomorrow can literally change the world. And so we didn't just come here to have a bunch of vegetable trays y'all don't eat. We came here because we believe that the gospel of Jesus is changing the world. And because there are lost people everywhere that need the gospel of Jesus, and we just believe that the gospel is powerful to save. save and that the only missing ingredient in getting the gospel to people is us. And so we're trying to get more training. I'm trying to get more training. I'm trying to get more training so I can train my family. I'm, I'm going to learn. I've got my pen right here in my pocket. I've got my notepad right here. I've got my book. Go tell the story. I've got my Bible right here. And I'm going to learn. And I hope that you're prepared to learn. I know that you guys had a long day. I had a long day too. You see how I'm dressed up like this? You think I can't dress up like this for you people? <laughs> Either that or all of y'all are underdressed, right? I came, I, I had a meeting all day that required to dress up. And so here I am. But I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm, I'm hoping that God's going to do some great things in, in my heart. And I believe he's going to do some great things in your heart. So why don't you go ahead and get out your Bible? Because this is where church and everything. Go ahead and get out your Bible. I'm not actually going to teach the Bible. Um, and you're going to hear a lot of stuff from the Bible. I just want to teach you real quick. Uh, walk you through. Remind you some things. I want to teach you through about 12 chapters of the book of Acts in about four minutes. Okay, so some of you guys who like to pastor, you like to preach. This is how you do it, man. All right, so, so Acts chapter 1, verse 8, what does it say? In Acts chapter 1, 8, somebody tell me, General, what happened in Acts chapter 1, verse 8? What happened? Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit upon you. And when that happens, you'll be my Where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. So, so that's what Jesus told them. And the crazy thing happened is that um, those people who heard him say that whether there was 12 of them or 11 of them or 120, however many were there when he was talking, I don't know. But however many heard him say that, they actually believed that that's what they were supposed to do. And so what happens is if you read the rest of the book of Acts, starting with those people who heard Jesus say that, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they actually started pursuing the mission exactly as Jesus gave it to them. So they started like actually doing stuff, which is, you know, a different way of approaching Jesus, right? Just do what he says quickly without complaining. That's what they did. So... So in Acts chapter 1, that's what Jesus said. So in Acts chapter 2, what happened? Acts chapter 2, they're having that prayer meeting, right? That 10-day prayer meeting. They're praying for 10 days. After 10 days of prayer, the Holy Spirit actually comes on them. And they have like the big 
fire, the tongues of fire, and the uh, and the uh, the rushing wind and everything, right? Because like uh, Dan Miranda, uh, Leonard Recovery Church, Dan Miranda prayed out at Family Church West on Sunday. He prayed that the Holy Spirit would come so strong in that service that it would melt the people's faces off. Yeah. <laughs> so what did my 10-year-old boy remember from the entire service? Okay, Dan, I just want you to know it's changed prayer in the strong and span. I've heard more kids pray for people's faces than, than I've ever heard in my life. Discipleship is discipling my boys. It's prayers. So, so the Holy Spirit comes. He comes like thumbs of fire. He comes on on them, and after he comes on them, Peter, St. Peter stands up, preaches the gospel of Jesus, the crucifixion, the resurrection of Jesus, and these people are come to the heart so that they ask, what are we going to do? And he tells them, you got to repent, you got to be baptized, you got to believe, you got to demonstrate belief, you got to show some rapid obedience. They do that, and how many people ultimately are baptized, saved, and added to the church? How many? So three grand, three thousand, three K. So they get saved. That's Acts chapter 2. So you go to Acts chapter 3. It's like the next day. I don't know exactly if this is the next day or the day after, but right there in this group of days. Now, just real quickly as we do this. Think of the timeline, because it's hard to read the Bible because you forget the timeline. But the timeline is... Jesus crucified on a weekend when we had a special Jewish festival. What weekend was that? Passover. Passover weekend. Pentecost is how many days after Passover? 50 days after Passover. So when all of this is happening, how long has it been since they watched Jesus die? It's like a month and a half. Okay, like maybe two months. So this is really, really recent. Really, really recent. And so so this is this is all fresh in everybody's memory. And now after they had 3,000 people saved, the Holy Spirit comes on, Peter and John go to the temple. And Peter and John heal a guy. And the healing causes such a commotion because the guy's running and leaping and praising God. The healing causes such a commotion that they get an opportunity to preach. And they preach the risen and crucified Jesus. And then they get arrested. And they get arrested and they get commanded not to talk about Jesus anymore and say, hey, we can't stop talking about Jesus. We're going to have to preach about what we've seen and what we've heard. And this is why I want this training to happen for our church. So I want it to happen for my life, for my family, because honestly... If you've been to church a lot, I've been to church a lot. I've probably been to church more than all of y'all combined, except for Steve Wright. He's been to church a lot more. But anyway, all of you guys, I've been to church a lot of times, man. And I have to be honest with you, I have heard a lot about Jesus. I'm, we're kind of ready to see something. You, you know what I'm saying? So, like, we've all heard about this stuff, and I love it. And I love hearing Jeff Sundell come and talk about the... The, 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 the people group movements around the world. It's inspiring. And I was in Cuba and the guy was talking about how they planted 6,000 house churches in, in, in Havana and in the metropolitan areas of Cuba. It's amazing. I hear about the stuff happening in Nepal. My friend Joey Allen over there in, the, in, the, in, the, in Asia, and he's telling me about what all they're doing and people's heads getting chopped off and everything while they're preaching the gospel. I mean, it's amazing. I'd love to hear about that. But I'm frankly kind of ready to see something for myself. Mm. I know that you are. And I believe that we will, because I think the same Holy Spirit that wanted to see those disciples take the gospel to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Okay, we are at the ends of the earth from there. So here we are. We're still doing it. Okay, so 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 after they get arrested and after they get confronted, they say they won't stop preaching the gospel. Then how many people got saved? As a result of that, we won't we won't stop preaching sermon. Five thousand men. Acts chapter four. Check it out. 5,000 men get saved. So this is like within the same week when you had no Christians, you have 8,000 Christians who got baptized, got part of a church. So they had some serious discipling to do. They had some serious training to do. 
And then if you keep going through, they start organizing the church in Acts chapter 6. And then they start going. And uh, then Philip, you know, he's going around. He's preaching, you know, to the Samaritans because Jesus told them to go to the Samaria. And Jesus, he's preaching and the Holy Spirit's taking them everywhere. And he's sending people to Ethiopia with the gospel after that guy got baptized. And they're sending people everywhere. And then, then Stephen, he gets up and preaches. They stone him to death. But then as a result of that, you know, uh, all, all, Acts chapter 8, all, all these people get scattered everywhere, and some of them get scattered to Antioch. So you get to Acts chapter 11, and there's a whole church getting started in Antioch, and it's not getting started by There's no apostles, there's no disciples, nobody who was there when Jesus said, You're going to get the Holy Spirit. None of those people are there. None of the people that were in the 10 day prayer meeting, none of them are there. But here we are, like three months later, and they're in Antioch, and they're already started their own church. So, so out of control was the movement of the Holy Spirit that the apostles in Jerusalem got upset and actually sent a team to Antioch to evaluate to make sure they were doing it right. <laughs> That's what they did. And so they go. And then the Holy Spirit's going over to the point that St. Paul, after he becomes a believer, and he gets all jacked up about the mission of Jesus, St. Paul says, I want to go to the regions beyond. I don't want to go where other people are. I just want to go to the regions beyond. Like Rome. Well, he finally gets to go to Rome, but the problem is when he gets to Rome... The ordinary people have beat him to Rome. They already had a church. When he got there, he's ready to be the first one to preach in Rome. Too late. The Holy Spirit and God's people already beat you there. St. Paul, ticked off, frustrated. And he never, that, that's how the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit does. And I'll just say this. It says, look, at our church, here's what we've discovered. We know where we live in South Florida. We know where we live in South Florida. Look, check this out. We live in Palm Beach County. In Palm Beach County... 1.3 million people. It's probably 1.4 million by now. That's according to 2010 census. 19%. I'm sure it's over 20 now. Hispanic, Latino. 27% uh, speak a language other than English at their house. That's Palm Beach County. And we're at the northern Anglo edge of something a whole lot more diverse and profound. So go down and check out the next one. You go to Broward County. Next county down, 1.7 million people. 25% Hispanic, Latino. 37%. Language other than English in their homes. Go down to the next county, Dade County, two and a half million people, 65% Hispanic Latino, over 70% speak a language other than English in their homes. Okay, this is our Jerusalem and our Judea right here. This is it. And there's right between, you know, we'll put the whole thing up there. I think we've got all, there's, there's, there's almost six million people. In this area, so when people tell you, like people make a lot of mistakes about this, and they'll say, oh, we live in Palm Beach County, but down in Miami, there's 5 million people. No. Nope. The Miami metro area, is, I can't shoot on this. The Miami metro area is all three of these counties put together. When somebody says there's this many people in Miami, that's what they mean. All three of these counties put together. And these three counties, this is where we live, and God's assigned this task. For those of you who live here, God has assigned us this task. This is our task. The Holy Spirit wants us to do what he wanted the disciples in Jerusalem to do in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, he wants us to do in Palm Beach, Broward, Dade County. So we're going to go ahead and we colored that in, and we would go over here to these counties, except for the only people living out here is like uh, alligators. Nobody lives there. Right? So we're going to, it's all state park. So we're going to live here, and we're going to reach these people, and we're going to just give our lives to it, right? So that's what we're, that's what we're up to. But how are we actually going to do it? See, when we came here, our church, Family Church, formerly First Baptist West Palm, and frankly, every other church I've ever been a part of, has aspired to be a regional megachurch. A regional megachurch, meaning, which is not a bad thing. I'm glad for regional megachurches. Okay? I think that's a good thing. But 
always aspired to be a regional megachurch, which meant we were trying to set up shop in such a compelling way that people would drive from all over to come to our buildings and our programs and our preaching and our music and our Christmas programming and our Easter programming and our athletic programming and our men's programming and our women's programming and our children's programming. And we were trying our best to create a situation where people would would want to come to our church from all over, and they did for a while. Okay, but amazing thing happens when you do that. Traffic patterns change, demographics change, population patterns change. Pretty soon, if you're not in a good location, it's hard to keep doing that. Well, besides that, um, we actually think people ought to reach their own oikos. They ought to reach their own neighborhood. They ought to reach their own place where they're living and working and playing. So we have actually intentionally abandoned the regional megachurch strategy. The fact that you're sitting in this room having this training is part of the evidence of that. This room used to be a full-service, six-day-a-week restaurant. Okay? If you went down there in our youth facility, that used to be a membership for feed. Jim, we still have some of that, but I mean... We're transforming. We are, we are walking away from the regional megachurch strategy. That's not who we are. We aspire to create and plant and partner with people to create a network of neighborhood churches. So we're trying to create, plant 100 churches in South Florida and beyond. And the only way that we're going to be able to do that is uh, the pros. We're just not going to be able to hire enough people and have a budget big enough to hire enough people to full-time do all the people reaching and discipling. Okay. Most churches today have an invite strategy. And they'll say something like, what we want you to do is make friends with people and invite them to come to church. And when they get to church, let the professionals take over. We're better speakers than you. We've been to seminary. You haven't. We, we know how to tell funnier jokes than you. We, we, we've, we've already scoured the internet and got all the best illustrations. And we've been... There's no way you could possibly communicate the gospel effectively as we can. So you guys go out and get your friends and invite them to come. When they get here, we got it from there. We got it. Okay? That is not a horrible strategy. We still hope that people will indeed do that. But the only way that that works is the pros work harder and harder and harder. Okay? So we look at our staff and we go, oh my gosh we got like 10, 15 pastors on staff at Family Church downtown. We're going to reach 5 million people. 15 of us, we're going to disciple 5 million people. All right. I'll meet in groups. I can't meet them. I can't do that one-on-one. That'd be impossible. So I'll do it in groups of three. How many groups of three am I going to have to have with our 15 pastors? We'll at least do groups of three to disciple 5 million people. Somebody's got a calculator. I'm sure you figured that out. Yeah, whatever it is, it's too many. Okay, but that's that's the method that most churches are working on trying to win the world to Christ. It's called they, they call it multiplication. We've got to multiply. But they actually in practice do faster addition. Faster addition works like this. We've got to all work harder. So I'm only been winning one person a month to Christ and discipling one person a month myself. But if we're going to win 5 million people, I'm going to have to win 10 people a month and disciple 10 people a month. So I just start to clear my schedule. I don't do anything but win people to Christ, disciple one. And I'm busting it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And if anybody asks me, I can tell them I'm doing it. I'm doing 10. i got 10. If you don't believe me, look at my schedule. i got 10. Here's my 10 guys. And we'll do that. I'm going to tell you, we're not going to make a dent in 5 million people, 15 guys doing 10 months. You know what we really need? 
like a million people doing Five Guys. <laughs> you see what I mean? The ordinary people. The people who don't do this full time. It's going to have to be almost all people who've never been to seminary. It's going to have to be almost all people from all walks of life who are working jobs, who are out there in their neighborhoods, who are out there with their kids, who are out there with their parents. It's going to require all of us in the game doing it. Now, what happened, if you read the book of Acts, here's what you're going to find. You're going to be a little upset. I don't think I have very good, I don't think I have very much training. <laughs> I mean, they pretty much knew the gospel and had seen some stuff that they couldn't quit talking about and the Holy Spirit. They knew that Jesus was crucified on the cross, He's raised from the dead, they had the Holy Spirit in them, they had seen some things, some resurrection power, they'd seen some healings, they'd seen some things, and they just didn't know much, but they, they told them what they, we're not going to stop talking about what we've seen and heard, that's all we got. That's all we got. And so some of you are in here, and like, this is my first time at anything like this, and I don't know what you guys are expecting me to do, and if you think if I go out of here, look man, all of us in this room can get better at what we are doing. All of us in this room can do more. But the only way we're going to reach five and a half million people is if all of us in this room really learn to multiply. It's not about faster addition. It's not about you or me or anyone else working harder, 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 harder. It's about us developing the, the skills to train people, to train people, to train people. It's got to be true multi-generational multiplication. It's the only way we're going to reach five million people. It's the only way. And it's, that's why church planning's got to go faster. We've got to come with new models of church that don't look like a building with a full-time guy who doesn't work another job and, you know, his wife homeschools or whatever. That, it can't, we can't do that. Okay, I do that. I know we're like, you do that. I know. We can have a couple of people doing that. But, but people like that are horrible at reaching truly lost people because truly lost people think you're so weird. that they. I'm serious. And so, so some people have to do that. But we're going to have to engage hundreds of thousands of people. And church is going to have to look different. So church in some place is going to look like a storefront. It's going to look like a church. It's going to look like a backyard. It's going to look like a home Bible study. It's going to look like a... It's going to look different. And that's all right. But if we'll do that, we can plant thousands of churches and we can reach millions of people. So I just want you to know that's my mindset. So I'm going to do this training. So I believe in what you're getting trained to do. I believe that this training will enable us to plant thousands of churches and reach millions of people. Amen. And that's, if you're kind of looking at that going, we're not going to be able to plant thousands of churches and reach millions of people. Okay, then quit on the Great Commission. I guess Jesus was just joking. I'm just, I mean, what else is there? Was he serious or was he joking? Well, do you think the nails, he's getting nailed to the cross and shedding his blood and having his body broken and getting raised from the dead and all that. Do you think he's serious or joking? You know what the sin is? We're not serious enough. But I'm not going to preach to the choir. Because you guys are here. So I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to get real serious about getting trained to plant thousands of churches and reach millions of people. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the truth of the scriptures. And thank you for the men and women in this room. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will empower us by your Holy Spirit to do things we could not do ourselves. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will fill us with your Holy Spirit. I pray that you literally will generate light and heat and activity and forward movement, that we will see hundreds of thousands and millions of people come to Christ in South Florida, that we will see hundreds and 
thousands of churches planted, and that it will be done for the glory of Jesus and no man's glory. I pray that we can decrease so that Jesus can increase. And I pray that Jesus will be lifted up. He will draw all men to himself. And I pray that he will use us to do it as we partner.